It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to the guys on Coppen Fracas. The best word I can say to describe this one. <laughs> Miller, lovely cushion header. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Coppen Frackers um, weekly pod. Um, I'm here with um, a lovely, lovely guest, Mr. Mark Cole himself. And we're actually watching the um, we're watching the remaining of the Liverpool versus Everton game. I think there's about 10, 15 minutes left. So yeah, if you get some more live reactions, that's what it's probably going to be. But um, yeah, how, how are you, Marco? I'm good, man. We're recording this on a Monday because a few lover boys can't do tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to hear a few things about how me coming back coincides with Liverpool winning at this moment, but it's not that at all, man. I'm just here. Yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about that though. We're having to record, you know, uh, a, a podcast that normally comes out on, on a Wednesday, on a Monday, because of certain guys, you know, they they want to be celebrating Valentine's Day. They want to be doing lovable activities, but they're not they're not dedicated to the cause like we are. You know, this is it's not good enough, is it? At all, man. At all, it's not good enough at all. Even no, like there's the season still. Fam. No but you know, we're here. Me and Marco are here, dedicated to the cause as always. Um, we're here. We're here. Pod in, but the score currently actually in this match, 
Liverpool actually winning to my surprise. We're winning 2 0. And you know what? It's actually been quite a very quietly a very good performance. Um yes, I think we've actually been there. Like we've actually controlled the game. Um Everton have had minimal chances. We've had a lot of the ball. Um we've won the ball back quite quickly all the like majority of the times. Um created quite a few openings. But yeah, what, what have you thought about the performance today? Um 2 0 currently, but yeah. To be honest, I think it's been a match devoid of quality yeah, in most aspects, but there was fight today from the Liverpool lads in it, and that's what we've been wanting to see for ages. Like, you yeah. know what you're going into when you see a Merseyside derby, and you know what type of players play well, what type of game plan players play under Sean Dash. So I was expecting like a shithouse, race, especially with the uh, midfield three of Onana. Gay and the Corey, us lacking in midfield so much. I was expecting them to just power through, um, pause if needed, still. But it was a lot better than I thought from Liverpool. Like they, there was quality in spells, and we'll definitely get into that. Um, but it was clinical. It's something that we haven't seen in a long time. Just vintage Liverpool performances where we are, we're coming off being on the back foot, and we just flip a switch counter-attack and score. Um, the first goal reminded me so much of West Ham. I think it was Salah. I think it maybe Trent to Shaq, Shaq to Salah. Salah, yeah. was it? That was lockdown season. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was so reminiscent of just that. And we haven't seen that clinical nature in our counter-attacks or in any facet of our play for, some, for a very long time. So it's nice to see that at least. Yeah, for sure. Though, far, he told me, man, that's one Everton. Yeah. Still... <laughs> Wait, it seems the betting thing, especially doing your own team. It's either you win either way to me because you win and, you're, and and your your team wins or you lose and you win some money. So it goes both ways. But the start lineup today was um, made two changes um, from the last game against Wolves. Um, so when Addison and goal, Trent, Matip and Gomez, Robertson, and then um, it was Fabinho back in the team um, after not being in the squad against Wolves. And then Henderson... What are you doing? Pickford, what are you doing? What Henderson. was laughing in his face, man? So, yeah, um, I don't know. I think... Is my, is my own slow? My, my splash must be slow, because I haven't even seen that yet. Um, and then we went, the, the, we went the same back three. So, I mean, the same front three, Gakpo, Nunes and Salah. So, um, yeah. And then, obviously, Everton made... Whoa, what is Pickford doing? Pickford lost his head. Oh, dear. stuff now, yeah, what the hell? Nah, this is fun. What's 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 Pickford on? He's oh, not there's no need to do that. Um, but yeah, do you know what it is though? This is one of them ones where, like, you know, when you play football, what's the world be? A world be relax, bro. Relax, yeah. you're not gonna do anything. Relax. <laughs> um, you know, when you, you know, when you lost the game, you know, you've lost the game, so it's like, you know, fuck it. Fuck it, man. Yeah, man, I'm not going home with an L. I'm yeah. the whole time. Man. Yeah, at least let, let me let me try and get something. Um, but yeah, who's that? Is that Shimkas? Shimkas to be yeah, active. And, uh, Madonna, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, Madonna. Um, but I think I think both teams are probably just yeah. Both teams have got a lot of tension, but both been losing the last couple of months, so they definitely got some some blood to boil. But I think so. Back to back to um. What he was talking about. I think we actually started the game well. The first 20 minutes, um, we got hold of the ball. We were winning the ball quite quickly. Pajetic was 
on the tackles. Like, as soon as we lost the ball, bam, win the tackle there. Um, I thought Gomez as well done quite well in terms of like whenever they would go long to Sims because um, they started that um, youngster Sims, they went long to him. Gomez would would, would win it um, to the point where he would try and go to Matip's side as well. Um, he got a little bit of joy from Matip, but I think we dealt with it quite well. But yeah, we started the game quite well. Um, funnily enough, normally we don't. Normally we go behind um, in these type of games um, this season so far. Anyway, we went behind a lot of these, in a lot of these games. But you see that the boys were kind of hungry today. Um, they had a kind of fire in their belly. And um, yeah, it's, it's amazing what the Anfield crowd can do. <laughs> what do you and think about our start to the game? Um, yeah, like you said, they started with a lot of intensity. Bad was snapping into tackles, holding some of the strong goal. Cuts back into his left. Ooh, save that picture. Um, but yeah, we started with a lot of intensity. And it's something that I wasn't expecting given the two lineups. Armored field, especially with Henderson and Fabinho being in there, the older heads has been typically tepid this season and haven't shown anything like the intensity we once saw involved in it. So seeing them led by an 18-year-old Baditic, snapping into tackles. How do you like Baditic as an eight? Because I actually like, I, I think I prefer him as an eight because... You know what, Asia, as an eight, yeah, he's, a, he's allowed to roll forward a bit more and like exactly. challenge a little bit more up the pitch. As opposed to trying to be the deepest line and throw the way he doesn't want to make him a mistake. But it was nice to see. Ooh. He's basically had the kind of Tiago role today, um, yeah. in terms of like being a bit more further forward, not having to be one that always starts like our build up. And he's just had a bit more license. And I've kind of really liked having his talent kind of um, energy in that midfield. Because as you, when you play six, there's only you can't really run, you can't you can't really run around because then you'll leave your position vacated. But as an eight, you get to see him. Um Salah's had quite a few chances today, man. She just scored more. But, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you get to see Projectic's energy and his intensity and um, his aggressiveness as an eight. So I kind of like him in that position for now. But it's, it's, it's nice to see that he can play play both roles. But um, yeah, we, we def definitely started the game well. I think Nunes, obviously, I think we made a kind of game plan to go long to Nunes and isolate Nunes against Coleman. Because there's definitely, I think the first time we done it, I think Coleman got the better of him. And then it was like, okay, cool. So that's what we're going to do. And then we kept kept doing it. And then obviously Nunes um, getting the better of him. Nunes kind of getting a bit bit of joy. Um, yeah. So I, I, think that, that, yeah, and I was like, mm. I didn't know you yeah. had that happen to you yet. We, we definitely made um, kind of, what's called a game plan of that. And I feel like Everton, what they tried to do, I think they tried to put Sims on kind of, uh, Matip and Sims running outsides of us as well to kind of do the same thing but the thing about that is that like Sims you have to get runners around him if he's going to do that and I don't think they've done that in terms of the core range in gay that would work well with like a Shea Adams or like a Troy Deeney in his pump like those guys that are knowledgeable enough to like know when to press yeah. into like but even still you need runners around him because he can't just hold it up for a million you know what I'm saying he has to you hold up for like a second or two then he has to lay it off but there's really no one that can hold it up by himself for a minute and like yeah. throw on the ball but yeah it's just unfortunate for him in it obviously very fortunate for us being Liverpool fans um, yeah for sure I, 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 one thing like I'm normally quite concerned about with this Liverpool team is that when we've been on top in games recently, we yes. haven't gone ahead. So, like, we'll be on top for games. We have, well, not, we'll be on top for maybe 20 minutes. Like, there was a period against um, Wolves in the start of the second half where I thought we'd done quite well in the first, like, maybe 10-15, we didn't score. Same with the Brentford game. 
Um, so it's just kind of like one of them ones where it's like, I was just a bit worried about us not scoring whilst we're on top. And that kind of given Ever Everton more confidence. Um, but we did kind of manage to score, even though it was weird because it was like, that was their best chance of the game. Um, and I think it was Tavoski. Well, I think it was 12 seconds after we literally. Yeah. I don't even remember too many chances prior to that goal. Like, I don't remember us getting clean through on goal. I remember like there was little bits of interchange and play where we got close, but nothing clear cut. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because we was on we was on top, but not really. Yeah, like you said, not many clear cut chances. Um, so yeah, I think they, they obviously they got a corner. Um, Tavoski hits the post, and obviously he comes back out. I don't know who put plays Nunes through, um, but he obviously gets the ball and then he just literally sprints like outpaces um, Adrissa Gay. Adrissa Gay should probably make a foul in that phase, but he doesn't. And Nunes just absolutely, absolutely just was called outruns him. And I think what we've seen in Nunes, especially in the first like couple of months of his Liverpool career, is that he might do this run, then he'll pick the wrong decision at the end of it, or like he'll try and shoot when he shouldn't. But this run, he makes the right decision. He lays it off um, to, to Salah. Then Pickford, I think Pickford tries to anticipate where the ball's going to go, but gets a horribly wrong. Then Salah finishes it off. But yeah, what did you make of the goal and the kind of counter attack? And it was kind of like trademark old Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, trademark old Liverpool, man. That's insane. Like vintage counter attack. One thing that I want to praise Nunes for is not just the decision making, it's the execution. Like, yeah. That ball, I wouldn't say it's a hard ball, he's sprinting at pace, it's on his left foot, but as a professional footballer, that's something you should be able to do. But the weight in the past was good. It wasn't behind Salah. <laughs> I'm praising him for that proper rudimentary basic things. But at times we haven't even been able to do that this season across the board. Like nobody's been able to complete that type of pass when we've had the chance in it and then Salah slots it with a dominant. Like, that's his bread and butter. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see. I just wanted to go quickly back to Bajatic. So I do like Bajatic a lot as an eight. I think one thing that fostered it even though I don't think he was good today. Well, he didn't need to be good today. It was Fabinho. It was Fabinho's passing and the positions that he picked up allowed him to pass balls through to Bagatic in between the lines. And I think he was comfortable playing out of the back from my opinion. So, so, wait, so you're saying that kind of Fabinho's aided by the teacher's performance today? No, just because of the positions that Fabinho was picking up as a six, yeah, he was able to progress the ball. I, I think that's the bare minimum that we expect yeah, from us. So he hasn't I been really think... for some time, in it. So I'm going to praise him for doing. Honestly, I generally don't think that Fabinho's done. Like, I think he's been okay. Like, and he's won a couple of challenges. That's where. But like, my problem hasn't. My problem hasn't been with. My problem hasn't been with Fabinho on build-up though. Like recently, he just he just like he picks up those positions and just kind of gives it to Thiago, which he has been doing for the last eighteen months. I mean, like when we were winning, he was doing that. When we was losing, he was doing that. It's obviously he's been oh. in position, and it's he's um it's been in kind of those type of games um where like we have come against like physical dominant midfielders and he just can't keep up. But um yeah, so you're saying you you're I kind of encouraged. I definitely had an issue with him in build-up. By the way, I think he okay. doesn't turn on the ball. He's been very stiff. Um, remember that comp that went around maybe two weeks ago and I said I haven't seen Fabinho clippable at all. He was clipping a few balls beginning of well, pause. He was clipping a few balls into the box and into William Runners beginning of um, this half or the first half. Maybe that is there are William Runners now and Salah's trying to get beyond the ball. Nunes is trying to get beyond the ball. But 
it's something different that I haven't seen from him for a while, isn't it? Um, mm. But yeah, I think that helped Bagatich. But Bagatich is playing with so much composure and confidence that like, he looks good around whoever he plays with, isn't it? If he's playing with KR, Elliot, um, Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, he looks composed and he's able to do what he needs to do. But I really liked his performance. I also liked Seller's performance. Um, although he should be scoring more, I think his decision-making was quick. Um, one thing that Seller's been doing as of late is dwindling on the ball very, very wide and then allowing himself to be doubled up. Today, he was very, very rapid with his decision-making. As soon as he realised somebody's coming, he makes a move. As soon as he realises Mikhilenko was shifting a certain way, he pushes the other way to try and take advantage of that. Um, so those two, I guess, would be my standouts in the game. Yeah, um, definitely. I think Salah did look sharper today um, in terms of his movement, getting at Mikalenko a lot more, dribbling at him a lot more than I've seen. Um, and yeah, he just looked like a threat in terms of like just taking pop shots. I do think he should have scored um, some of his chances today, um, did scuff them, but I think it's crazy what confidence can do because I feel like his performance actually got a lot better once he scored for me. Once he scored, then I started seeing like the seller way just consistently just going and going and going at players and going at Mikalenko. So, yeah. Um, I think that's a nice segue into the second goal scorer whose confidence looks like it's improved after, well, today and after his goal in Gakpo. Um, I think you saw a little bit more of him and the idea of him starting to come to fruition, him turning on the ball in the middle of the pitch, running through the midfield, trying to play good passes. Um, I'm still not 100% moved, but he was better today. And if that is the guy that we get week in, week out, I'll be happy with that at £40 million. Okay. So we saw, um, obviously, him play through the middle today and Nunes um, left wing. Do you think Gakpo's future is, is that central um, kind of position? And like, can we maybe co compare him to um, Bobby, who's obviously played that role over the years? Um, yeah, in the Coppin chat, I've said tongue-in-cheek, Bobby with pace in it. Um, but he needs to do a lot more before he can be considered in that bracket because Bobby, the way he used to, his ball usage, the way he used to lend the ball, the way he used to also in his prime score, <laughs> he was very good at doing what he does in it. So that postal has a long way to go to reach those heights, in my opinion. But today was a good start. He got his goal. Yeah, it's more about his profile. So can you see his profile being similar to playing that position? Obviously, we know that he can't, obviously, because he hasn't been in the same amount of time as Firmino. But can you see his profile playing that position? Can you see it working? Um, yeah, eventually, if he continues to put performances together like this, like, Decision-making was very good today. Um, I think his receiving on the turn was good today as well. Strength-wise, he was able to hold up his defenders while turning, while trying to receive the ball, um, which is all the things that we praised Firmino for when he was doing it to a consistent level every single week. Um, where I think he needs to show me slightly more is in and around the box, like getting into those goal-scoring positions a little bit more. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, uh, to us, I, I, I do agree. I can see him maybe playing as like a, a 10 or, or a 9. Um, I don't think he'll probably ever be like the most clinical 9, um, to be honest. I do think he's a good finisher, but he doesn't seem to have that kind of hunger to like today was the first time I see him actually score them like little like 
kind of like not cheap goals, but those type of goals that goal scorers like score. But like, um, yeah, I don't think he's probably got that maybe hunger and aggressiveness and intensity to maybe get like loads of goals. But with him, when he plays, especially through the middle as well, he uses the ball very well. Like you rarely ever see him lose it. He's kind of strong on the ball, holds it up and kind of lays it off um, to the right person, kind of makes makes the right decision when he's on the ball most of the time. Um, yeah. And like you said today, he, when he played on the turn um, today, that kind of really impressed me. There was a couple of times where he just kind of barged gay off the, just a gay off the ball and then kind of strode past him. And that's what you kind of want to see. <coughs> has, he, has he got that kind of change, like that little burst? It's not always been like, I, thought, I don't think it's always about being like landing quick, but like especially in this Premier League, I feel like you need that kind of little burst just to get so past someone, and then you can do what you yeah, need to do. Like, all you need are going to be fast enough to create that space. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I think definitely I've seen that he's quite kind of intelligent because he seems to make the right decision on the ball. But I just I was worried that he didn't kind of have that burst. But um, as a left wing, I, I don't really see it personally. I think we've got better options as a, as a left winger um, in terms of Diaz and Jota, even Nunes playing there today as well. But maybe as a 10 or a 9, I think I can see probably long-term future there. Um, but, yeah. And obviously, the, um, there's our kind of centre-back partnership today. Obviously, Gomez and Matip, there was a lot of um, talk about them being obviously shaky against Wolves. Even calls from people like Nat Phillips to start over over one of them. Um, but how did you think they'd done today um, against that young Ellis Sims? I think Matip shit. <laughs> I think on the ball... <laughs> His ball usage was really good, but like defensively, he was absolutely pants. If there was a better striker than Sim starting today, the one where he absolutely misses the ball would have been a dangerous chance. Yeah. That's us going down in the second or fourth minute again. Like We're giving away goals for free because somebody makes a defensive mistake and then we're having to battle back. And that game could have been very different from what it ended up to be. Um, but yeah, I don't think Matip was good at all. Gomez was a bit better. I think he wasn't hesitant. He won quite a few of his aerial duels, which is weird to say for Gomez. Um, but he was confident enough to carry Matic through his defensive mistakes. And that's something that I wanted to see him do. And he needs to step up and be that third, fourth centre of that choice. As opposed yeah. to is in, in, mo- in people's minds at the moment, we're, we're contemplating selling them at the end of the season from a fan point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know about Meta being pants, but again, like you just saw that kind of like weaknesses sometimes in his game where he no, just. He's like, always been displayed, man. His pants. I, I don't, I don't know. Like he, today, obviously, he's done some very nice things on the ball today and like he. He's very good at driving the ball, uh, maybe finding a pass. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say his display was pants, but I know what you're saying, that, like, there was kind of mistakes in him. And if he definitely faced a more clinical, more decisive attack, maybe they could have punished us for it, um, for sure. And I, I just feel like his kind of, um, his physical abilities really declined this season. And maybe in the start, of, um, maybe even last season as well. And we really start to really see the kind of fall off um, in terms of physically for him. So I, I definitely agree with you in terms of the fact that if we can maybe get some money in for him, I'd quietly definitely sell him um, this season or even just kind of let him go, to be honest. Um, Gomez is, and Gomez is a weird one because I feel like he's done well today. And we've seen some performances from Gomez this season where it's like, I, I'll use the Man City um, example against Haaland as well, where like there's still something there with Gomez, just that kind of like, 
when he's not confident, he's really, really bad. And all like when he makes a mistake early on in the game, he's really, really bad. So like I don't know, like it's just with Gomez is a funny one as well. Whether like maybe it's one of them ones where you kind of see how much money you can get for him. If it's not worth the time, if it's not worth you kind of maybe reinvesting that into someone else and just keep him as a third or fourth choice, like you said. But for me, I'll cash in on Matip. Yeah, I don't know how much money you can get for him, but, but I'll cash in. He was about fifty mil, so yeah, fifteen mil. I'll drive him then. Yeah, I think there's a lot of young centre backs that we could definitely be in a conversation for. For me. Um, I, I'd like a left foot one personally. Um, there's yeah, there's definitely a couple couple ones. Um, but yeah, and another another performance that was, that was definitely encouraging today was I think our fullbacks. I thought our fullbacks done really well, especially um, Trent and Robertson against Awobi and who was the other one playing on the wings? Awobi and 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 no, yeah, um, they they done well. In their I think Robertson's um, camp, Robertson's um, involvement in the second goal is fantastic. The way he's just able to kind of drive into that space um, and then lay it off to Salah at the right time and then Salah lays it off to Trent and then Trent finds Gakpo. And I think that's his, I think Trent, that's Trent's first assist. Second, um, well, second assist in like 25 games. So yeah. it's just incredible how much he's kind of like been going through kind of like a bad period or like a rough patch. But they seemed really on it today. Trent's passing was, was great as all, um, was great as we normally know him to be. There was a couple of times where he found Nunes on a switch was fantastic. Oh, one but... First time ball to Nunes, like, yeah, talking about enough, like, does it effortlessly. But whenever I feel, I feel like whenever we play well, our fullbacks have to play well. Like those are so key to the way Liverpool, Liverpool play, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. You no, know, going into this game though, you know Robertson is a type that loves this type of fight. Yeah, so you know he's going to be geared up for Everton. Um, Trent, I was a bit not worried about, but. I wasn't sure what trend that we were going to get, especially what we've been seeing from the next season. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see him back to somewhat of his good form, if you want to call it that. It would be nice if he's able to kick on and continue to do so. Um, defensively, I think he was all right today as well. There was a couple of times he stopped McNeil, stopped Costas coming in. Um, I don't think he was caught out defensively, position-wise, until about the 90th minute where Tom Davis heads over the bar and that's someone creeping in the back post again. But yeah, I think he was good today. And I also think Robbo was good. Robbo could possibly slide into the man of the match conversation still. Yeah. And you know what? I think with Robertson, I feel like since the like since the World Cup, I think he's actually been quite good. Um quietly quite good, but we've been so poor that it's not um like it's not something that Obviously, you'd want to talk about. I feel, but I feel like I've started to see the old Robertson in terms of him being like a Duracell bunny and him just wanting to drive the ball. Um, and his PMP, like right now, this team is so devoid of PMP that Robertson yes, actually probably got Robertson <laughs> has probably got one of the most like pay some like he's, he's he's probably got one of the best physical profiles on our team right now, which is crazy yeah. to say. You know what I'm saying? He seems to fight for the ball. He when he takes it on the on, on the byline, he drives with the ball like. People can't really stop him. So, um, yeah, it's nice to see them back into form. Um, uh, and, yeah, I, I just want to know, like, what... I'm just seeing that, that Nunes go back. Nunes is bloody rapid, bro. He yeah. is quick. He just needs to learn how to utilise it properly. Like, that's what I want to see from him, isn't it? Like, use your pace and make the right decision. Like, I think... And the thing with him is that, like, yes, I know he's not the best footballer at all. Far from it. 
but his physical profile and his physical attributes will always lend to him getting chances. Like he's yeah. too awkward to deal with. Like you have a man who's what six foot two, six foot three, and he's rapid. Um, he's strong. So like he's just always going to be a nightmare. And so speaking about Nunes, just reminded me about the chance in the first half. The, well, one of the only chances in the first half for us where he does that scissor kick that ends up being across oh, yeah. the netball. Moving me, moving me, man. That's moving me. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing there, but it's moving me, bro. It's moving me. <laughs> I, I, I've still got some small, small Nunes thoughts in it. Let's put it like that. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. No, I've got big Nunes stocks, man. Big. He, he creates, he's involved in way too many chances. Like, it's not normal for a man to be involved in that many chances and for it to go bad. Like, and he's only, again, he's only 23. Like, surely the man can just sort it out in terms of his finishing and, um, like, he, like today, taking the right option, um, doing the right choice at the end of the move. And we could see him literally score and assist so many goals. Um, he will never be easy to watch on the eye. Again, if he just sorts that that little rawness out, like he is so raw, but there's something there we can work with, I think personally. But yeah, anyway, back to my point. I was just gonna say, how much can we really take from today's game in terms of obviously we win a derby and I feel like derby games are, are kind of the games where like if you win them, they can really turn your season on its head and it can really give the crowd, the um not the crowd, um, the people, our fans, the team, the manager a lift. And you'd hope that might be the case. But a part of me also thinks that Everton were... Not thinks. I know that they were terrible today. They were really bad. Um, the midfield didn't really compete at all, which is very surprising because such a physical midfield and they would definitely have the strength advantage over us. Um, the Coring, uh, just a gay, I think were very poor. Onana wasn't too great himself as well. But I thought gay and the Coring were just taking the piss. Tarboski was losing every bloody um, challenge, stepping up fouls. <laughs> Um, Pickford again for his involvement for the goal wasn't good enough. Um, so yeah, how much can we really take from this? Are Everton were Everton really bad today, or were we better today? I don't I don't know what to make of it. Was it somewhere in the middle? Both, and if going back to your question, I can say it lends itself both ways. I think yeah. starting with the positives, you can take the fact that Henderson and Fabinho didn't look too much out of place against him. Feel that it's way more physically dominant than them, and we were expecting them to lose out the battle to. Um, Canate and Matic, say Matic and Gomez didn't concede today. And as much as Matic was trying to, <laughs> he still didn't concede today. Our fullbacks look like they're back to some sort of form. And if they're able to carry this on, then yeah, we start to pick up a little bit more. Salah was aggressive today and he was dribbling a lot more than we've seen him. He was doing the outside to in run, that whole 
whip around the fullback has been working for Salah this whole game. That we've been we've essentially been trying that the whole season, just whipping the ball around the fullback for Salah to run in behind, and it hasn't really worked that much. But today it was. Um, Gakpo looks sharp and he's got his first goal, so confidence-wise, that's going to help him to grow. Bagatic is going from strength to strength, and he looks like one of our better midfielders for the future. Oh, Bagatic is going Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Shabby's calling him up even now, just saying, "Yo." Yo, what are you telling me, bro? He's like, oh, oh, let me cook. Buzzy Titch is telling Shabby, let me cook. Two years, two years. <laughs> let me cook, let me cook. And he just looks, he, I know he just looks like one of them Spanish midfielders, bro. He's just going to go and yeah, live out loud in, in La Liga, fam. But he looks so composed and so cultured. He I looks so composed. But going on to the flip side of things, yeah, we thought that Man City was a turning point when we won 1-0. No. Turned out for a big game, we didn't. We know what a derby is. Derby is for us and... We know that they are expected to perform at this level. Like they wouldn't have been able to leave Anfield on a calm thing if they had lost to Everton today. Like it would have been yeah. a bit of a shit show. So yeah, like they know they had to step it up. And I think necessity means this isn't a match that you can or the necessity of the result isn't this means that isn't a result that you can kind of like apply to the future because who knows what happens over the next few games. We've got Newcastle next. Um, who are in good form and very defensively sound. Well, not great form. I don't think they've won in a couple of games. They've had a few draws. Wait, what, we're going to St. James Park? Yeah, we're going to St. James Park. Fucking hell, fam. Exactly. So, like, that would Us having a win and then going to Newcastle and getting a draw or getting turned over again. Then, straight after that, we have Madrid midweek. And we already know what's happening at Madrid. Like, <laughs> wait... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't even yeah. get into that result yet we'll talk about it when it rolls around but then we've got Madrid then a few games after that we've got United so when do we really start to put together a, a run of results unless they're able to take this drive that they've shown in this match and some of these performances and take up a little bit more um, and start performing to that level consistently I do also like the fact that we have our other goal scorers back in Firmino and Yota, who both came off the bench today. Van Dijk, I think, was also on the bench warming up. He wasn't coming on, but it was nice to see him close to fitness. Um, but yeah, like there's good signs and there's bad signs. Like we've been bad for so long this season, so I don't know what it's going to take to turn us around. But if anything can do it. Us coming back into form and a derby win at the same time. So us having players come back in and a derby win at the same time could be the combination we need. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with that. Definitely a, a combination of both. Um, Everton, like I said, were really poor today, and the players were definitely up for um, such a big game. Um, yeah, my, my 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 thing is with this Liverpool squad is that we just have these weaknesses that. There's no matter what you really do, like they're just always going to show. Like we don't have that physicality in midfield. We don't have that kind of um, midfield where like they can win. They can win back the ball um, quickly. We can't track runners. Um, any kind of powerful presence in, in, in the midfield, um, we tend to struggle to deal with it. So even if we're in good form, like the weaknesses will just, it will, it will show eventually. You That's know what I'm exactly saying? The profiles that we're facing when we come up against Newcastle and Joel Linton. Um, 
Willock and Longstaff, like strong yeah. power runners that are aggressive. Well, I, I've yeah. said on this pod, like there's there's no there's no combination of midfielders I think that can really give us the edge against these type of teams where like they're just powerful no, against no. us. Um, we just have to hope that they have a bad game, like the kind of midfield did today. So like and. Obviously, it's a boost. The positive is, like you said, it's a boost that kind of Jota, Firmino, they are back. So, like, I think games where, like, maybe it's on the edge or, like, it's a kind of nil-nil, maybe we can kind of steal the victory. So, like, I'm talking about maybe, like, your Forest is where Forest where we lost 1-0 um, away from home. Um, what other games were, like, just games that are kind of close that we can kind of maybe nick a win because our attack now will kind of be kind of strong um, and we kind of have maybe goal scorers back. But I do think there's certain weaknesses that we just won't be able to hide. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be kind of like a, a bumpy kind of um, ride. I, and with, when Van Dijk back, I hope that we obviously kind of kind of maybe not put a lid on it, but maybe not be as poor. Considering three goals like to Brighton and Wolves is just so, so poor. You know what I'm saying? I don't. We shouldn't be doing that. Even if it's a thing where the, the games are close, cool, but we shouldn't be considering three goals. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just one of them ones where I feel like it's just it's it's going to be a bumpy ride, really. We just kind of kind of see what we can get from from games. Maybe sneak a maybe sneak a two three win streak there, a draw at tough games. Maybe Newcastle, maybe a draw might even be a good result for us. Who knows? Um, yeah, but yeah, great result for us and Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, who who knows? But yeah, um, let's talk on on Jota and and Firmino. Do you do you think we missed them? Oh, silly question because the attack has been kind of blunt. We have, I think we. We haven't scored for the last three games, but how much is it, is it of a boost to have Jota, Firmino and Van Dijk back is maybe the question I need to ask. Um, I'll start with Firmino and Jota. I think they're not just how good they are, their chemistry and understanding of what the players around them are going to do helps so much. Um, Firmino, knowing the spaces to pick up, especially when we're getting overawed in midfield, um, Yota knowing that specific out-in run that he's always going to do, the way he carries the ball when he's under attack. I think all those things can help. Um, coming back into the sides, I don't know who gets this place with who at this moment in time because um, I think Gakpo is doing really well in the middle and I don't want to bring in a... Well, Bobby coming off an injury to be injured again or to not be in full sharpness. Same thing with Yota. I don't want to rush him back to fitness. Um, I want him to take time, especially with the fact he's had so many injuries as of late. Um, so I would want to continue with the front three that we've seen at the moment and then be able to make substitutions as in when is needed. Yeah. We have subs in both competitions that we're in now. So there's no reason to not utilise that bench to the fullest. Um, in terms of Van Dijk, I think now that hey, he comes back into this, hey, hey, no complaints. No, 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 no even that he does. Come I mean, back I'm just saying though, he comes back into the team. 100%, 100%. No, we're going to talk about Gomez, isn't it? I was going to say, yeah. So, like, why I stopped myself is I was going to say now that Gomez has come back into some sort of form, and then I paused. Mm -hmm. Well, I paused the thought because he hasn't come back into some sort of form. This is yeah. an outline to me, isn't it? Like, who yeah. should be partnering Van Dijk throughout? the next few games. Is it going to be Gomez? Is it going to be Matic? Both of them have shown shades of being a shit as each other. So I'm not too sure where or who drops out. Um, I think Gomez is better than this. Yeah, Gomez is better than him this game. Yeah. This, this game's, this, this and Gomez, physicality-wise, yeah, offers enough that 
he makes up for sometimes being a bozo. But where I do think we miss out is Matic progresses the ball extremely well, and you mentioned that earlier today. Mm-hmm. So even though I don't think he had a good game defensively, he carried the ball well, and he was able to push the pace of our attack from the back in it, being able to drive a little bit, force the ball into the midfield, force the ball between the lines. Um, so do you want to lose that and have Gomez, who should be more defensively sound, but sometimes has goals on moments, or admit that you want to have Matip, who sometimes is fragile and sometimes isn't, um, <clears throat> so isn't as physically imposing anymore, but will still offer a lot going forward. It's just a big trade-off, and I'm not too fond of going either way still. I hear you. I definitely hear you. But I, I know one thing for certain is that Van Dijk <laughs> gets his place back so comfy. So, so as soon as he's fit, I think he come, walks back straight into, straight into the team. I think the attack done enough today to keep their, their, um, their, their place. And obviously, I think, obviously, Thiago is a big miss, definitely, for sure. Um, but obviously, with today's performance, probably probably stays the same. Um, it keeps the same midfield. Um, I know, I think, Thiago's missing might be missing both legs of, of the game. I know he's out for for a month. And they said um, target for the second leg still. Okay, well we'll have to see. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you like you said, definitely now that I think a lot of people are fit, definitely gonna have to see some changes. Um, a lot of these guys I think can only play one game a week. Fabinho and Henderson included, so you might have to see the likes of Kato come back into the squad. So um, yeah. And just, I was just going to ask you, obviously, Marco, you ain't been on the Kev pod for, for, for a while. What is your, obviously kind of your general thoughts on Liverpool? Um, obviously, this season, we know we've been struggling. Um, well, what are we, we're ninth on the table now. Are, are we out of the top four race? Um, and yeah, where, where do you, what do you really think this team could do this season, to be honest? Uh, I just want to see this team finish in the top half, man. This season has been hell, man. Jesus. Jesus is Lord. And... <laughs> You know what's annoying, yeah? You know, as a football fan, a lot of times your mood is dictated by the way your football team is performing, isn't it? And yeah. It's got to a point this season where I don't want to be invested in it. Like, I don't want to be annoyed because Liverpool lost. I don't want yeah. to be like, going through moody on the weekend because I'm sorry, on the week because I know Liverpool playing on the weekend. So, like, midway through, I've kind of stopped caring, man. It's yeah, been. Yeah, you have to. Like, it's been a shit show. Um, I don't think we've played... I can't really name a game that we've played well in other than the Man City game of memory. Um, obviously, the Bournemouth game is a 9-0, but that doesn't count to me. Like Bournemouth or Bournemouth, isn't it? But, yeah, I just don't think we've played well. A lot of people have disappointed me this season. Salah's been a shadow of himself. Van Dijk, shadow of himself as well. Trent, nothing like we used to. Robertson's picked up. But beginning of the season, he wasn't great. Canate um, has been someone that I think he can hold his head up out of the defensive line and Allison as well. But everybody else showed me shades of shit. Um, Fabinho looks horrendous. Today was a completely drastic improvement and he wasn't even good. So, yeah, Fabinho shit, Henderson shit. Oh, <laughs> Shades of good, no, 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 not even shades of good. I'm gonna give Bagatich all the praise he deserves because he looks like one of the better midfielders. Thiago, uh, 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 good enough, that's a stretch as well. Elliot, good at spells. Um, Nunes and the attack in general 
not good enough due to chemistry issues. Like Salah hasn't been good. I think you need to still wait for Nunes and Gakpo to embed themselves into the team properly and understand what people around them are doing. So you say it with a caveat, they haven't been that good, but caveat that the team hasn't been that good. So you can't, as an attack, build from no base. Um, then Yotto and Firmino are good when they were available, but they haven't been available for long periods of time, in it. So, yeah, it's been a hard, a hard season, in it. Like at this moment in time, I don't even think there's a sniff of Europa League. So, let's see what we're able to do in terms of putting results together moving forward. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not. We can't really say we can't really say we're the sixth best team in the league, can we, at the moment? So. Well, it makes sense. Like we're probably like the tenth best team. Yeah, which we've been for a while. For sure, um, I I definitely agree with you. And it's just it's, it's it's annoying because like I think in the past, especially in, in like when we've been on bad form, especially even like last season, you'd think that maybe you look at run of fixtures, um, and you'd say, okay, this might be the point where Liverpool might go on a run, or this might be the point where Liverpool might start winning games and they can kind of pick up some points. But it's just really hard to see that this season. Um, in terms of like, we were even thinking like Newcastle away or like Brentford or like Man United, like these type of games are really on the course of troubles. Um, so yeah, it's just, I think that that's kind of a difficult part with it. It's just looking like a really mixed up and down type of season, not even maybe it's more more down type season. Um, and it's kind of looking like we can maybe patch ourselves and see what we can really not disgrace ourselves until um, the end of the season and see that how we can kind of rebuild this team. But yeah, and. Another question for you in terms of like who what do you think is to blame in terms of this kind of bad season for to Liverpool? Is it like the owners? Is it Klopp? And just how frustrated are you with Klopp and the owners? And where, where do you kind of stand in that kind of um argument or debate that's really been kind of hot um this season? The majority of my blame goes on Klopp. And the reason for that is with who Klopp, you say? Yeah, Klopp. Okay. The reason for that is beginning of the season, he says, What other midfield do I need? But he's clearly gone and tried to strengthen the midfield with true men until the whole Mbappe debacle. So obviously, you know that there's improvements to be made and there's a level to be gotten by going to get somebody that is a specialist in that position. Then there's like weird rumors of a last minute of they bid, like there's rumors of. Us looking at other midfielders, um, looking at people like Sukic, Taram, Kone, like muted names that were probably given to him by Julian Ward and Michael Edwards. Well, Julian Ward with Michael Edwards' assistance while he was transitioning. And he decided not to go for it. I believe my stance beginning of the season was, well, towards like midfield point of the season was, they, he wants stake and he's not giving him tune or like that. I'm not really happy about the fact that we didn't get midfielder in, but I understand Klopp's way of thinking because he doesn't want to get a second-rate midfielder instead of trying to go for his first choice. But look at where we are without those second-rate midfielders. And then after all of that debate and all of that argument between whoever it may be, the powers that be, Klopp, um, Julian Wards. FSG, whoever it is, we end up getting Arthur on load, who hasn't started a game for us. Arthur, like, oh, Jesus is Lord. That's I have to be up there with the one of the worst silence ever made by the club. It has to be. We've paid a loan fee, and I was like, 
Not even make one appearance in the Premier League, bro. Not one. It's like he's had a few minutes, like maybe 10 minutes max. But in one Champions League game where we already three 0 down or something like that. That is absolutely crazy. Woeful signing. Well, to me, yeah, there was you definitely needed to go out and get a midfielder, especially when you're relying on people who are aging, who don't have the physical profile anymore, who are slowly becoming injury prone. Um, now we're hearing that Curtis Jones has to temper how many games he plays and how often he trains. So now he's another injury prone person on the books. And when you don't have that consistency, Klopp is a big, big believer in rhythm. When you don't have that consistency and have players playing week in, week out, understanding each other, especially when we're drafting in new players in Nunes and Gakpo, then what can you really expect? What base can you really build from? Um, so when people are saying, yeah, like, defensively we are shit, yeah, like, we've had to chop and change our CB so many times. We've had to chop and change our midfielders so many times. The linchpin that was our six looks like he can't even run 50 metres. Like, he looks like he's running in treacle every single time he plays, sliding around on the floor like a stripper. But it just is what it is. Like, how can you build from that? How can you start to sustain attacks when you don't have somebody that's breaking up attacks anymore? You have people that are getting bypassed in transition now. They're not making fouls. They're not keeping up with their marker. New, sorry, Neves ran through our midfield. Neves has like 53 pace on FIFA. <laughs> 53 pace is bronze level pace. Oh my that, God. That's nuts. So if boy, even someone has 53 pace, you should see them coming from like a mile off. Like, <laughs> yeah. You should be able to see my man coming from a year off, bro. Tiago, like, literally saw him go past him, then started making a move and couldn't catch him at all. So what can you really do? That's why I was expecting a loss today. Like, what can you do against midfielders that are physically better than you, faster than you? Today they performed really well, though, and maybe, you know, Klopp is a big fan of tweaking within the 4-3-3. They were very, very compact as a midfield three yeah. today. I don't like this whole tweaking as a midfield three. Or in a four-four-three, I would rather change the whole formation. So <laughs> the guy has tweaked four-three-three a million times. I've never seen so many variations of one formation. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Let's do the Dulex album of four-three-three. Every hit, bro. Every major hit, bro. Man, man does four-three-three wide. A 4-4-2 in build-up, 4-3 out of build-up. It's Damn, crazy, but 4 in build-up, 4-3 out of build-up. Like, bro, like every single... But yeah, um, I, I was also going to say that, like, it's not... Because people would just say, ah, oh, it's not just we need a midfielder, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Klopp has overseen, basically overseen a declining squad for the last two or three yeah. seasons. You know what I'm saying? He's overseen this um, kind of squad declining, these players... Um, getting old and not really kind of replacing them and not really kind of getting in younger replacements. I mean, we have in some positions, but not in enough positions, you know what I'm saying? So mm. to me, you you have to be part, you have to be to blame because, and people will say like, ah, oh, it's because he had the choice of so-and-so and so on. But like, no one asked us to buy about like six forwards, bro. Our forwards is stacked. I know some of them are injury prone, but we have about three left wingers. We have Fabio Carvalho that doesn't even make benches anymore. 
<laughs> literally, Cavallio, you know what I'm saying? It's still there. Jones is still there. So, like, we have so many forwards. We don't have enough midfielders. And, we, well, the midfielders that we do have are all injury-prone and out of contract this summer. Yeah. <laughs> how we got to... If this was my United, when Paul Pogba was out of contract, everyone was saying, ah, oh, that's how, that's horrible on, 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 on my United's part. They've let, they've let Paul Pogba go for free twice. But, yeah, here we are this season. We have Chamberlain out of contract, Milner out of contract, um, and... Yeah. And K out of contract. That's three midfielders. You know what I'm saying? Out of contract this this summer. We've handled the situation poorly. There's, there's no doubt about it. You know what I'm saying? The midfield situation. We handled it poorly. Is if we don't get new investors yet, there's going to be Bagatich as a new midfielder. Bobby Clark is the new midfielder. Tyler Moore is the new midfielder. Logan oh, I'm going to hear that, man. It looks amazing. Like, I don't want to hear that, man. Man, say crayons for midfield, you know. We've literally watched. All the teams around us strengthened, and yeah. yeah, to the point that we should have been this season if we were able to strengthen ourselves. Now we're so, behind. Yeah, we're behind I'm talking about building off a bigger base, well, stronger base. They're building from Arsenal, are building from title challenges, and they already look very, very good with a very young squad. They're thinking about improving Jack on, like improving somebody in the left centre mid area, and this is a winning squad. Like, they already talk about those improvements. Us, at the same time, we're like, you know, we have the best players in X, Y, Z position. We don't need anyone else. We don't need a, well, going back to maybe a year or two ago, we're talking about we don't need anyone else. Some of our families were talking about we don't need anyone else. We don't need backups. But there's so much that can be improved. Football is a cyclical sport, and you need to be able to change with the times. It goes it you need to understand when your time is about to go. And that's one thing that Alex Ferguson was great at doing in it. Like, he'll make the change before it gets to this point. He'll sell Ruud Van Nistelrooy, knowing that he needs to rebuild the whole squad. So it'll be interesting to see what Klopp can do with the right amount of money, if he's able to rebuild, if he's able to be ruthless enough to rebuild even. Um, if he's able to... <laughs> Let go of some of his favourites like Milner, who we're hearing about a possible extension, Firmino, who we're hearing about a possible extension as well. If he's able to be very cutthroat when it's needed, because this is crunch time for him as a manager. And a lot of people are giving him this season or this next season with some money to see if he can really redeem himself because this season isn't good enough at all. It's unacceptable. So you are giving him, just to confirm, you are giving him the chance to rebuild this Liverpool team next season. If you're like, as yeah, your opinion, you want him. I don't think you can write him off like that because I think he's been hamstrung for a lot of his Liverpool career. Like I feel like he's wanted certain players, and he's always got Plan B. Some of the Plan Bs have worked in like Mane, Salah, but even Gini Ronaldo even. But I, don't then, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that though I don't think there's anything wrong at all but when it comes to things like I want a six and I want a needle moving six and you're not getting yeah. a needle moving six that's hamstrung in your my, my my problem is that I agree with you in that sense he's been hamstrung <laughs> but not in that sense because I feel like every if you ask every manager they rarely probably ever get like their Plan A. Maybe Man City and Real Madrid do because they're they're kind of like poor and their money is, is a lot. But like everyone gets their plan B, you know what I'm saying, more time. But where my, my thing is that like I think FSG have kind of covered his atmosphere and this kind of environment of 
making do with what you've got and really yeah. only asking if you need, need, need it. And if you're a title-winning team, you, sometimes you just need to make additions, like just to keep it ticking over, exactly. just to keep it hungry. It's not a thing where, okay, we have you Milner. The league and then... Yeah, we have Milner. You can make do with that. You have, you know what I'm saying, Robertson. He he can play 55 games. You'll make do with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of them ones where it's like, okay, you have Chamberlain. You make do with, you make do with that. So I feel like they've kind of cultivated this atmosphere where Klopp, really doesn't really ask for much unless he really, 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 really needs it or he sells someone in that same position. So <laughs> I don't think they've really made an atmosphere where they've always looked to strengthen whilst they're on top and always look to strengthen um, when they can. So I think that's my problem with FSG. But that's then again, it's the problem with Klopp as well because yeah, I think Klopp should make more of a fuss. Klopp should make yeah, more of a fuss. I think that's something that I also want to point out. Klopp's saying, like, I want him to, not for his toys out the cram completely, but I want him to speak up about these things. Like, we're literally watching City say, oh, you know, everyone's against us and I need these players to, like, start performing a little bit better. I can't remember what match it was, but straight after a win, Pep saying, oh, yeah, if we're going to play like this, Arsenal are going to kill us. Like, Tottenham we need to play better than this. It was a Tottenham game. After yeah. coming back from 2-0 down to win 4-2, like, yeah. he's laying into the players. Like, sometimes you need that public ruthlessness from managers. Sometimes you need the public admonishment of the way players are playing because it galvanises the team when done in the right way and it galvanises the fans themselves. Like, you start getting a bit more amped up because you know what level you're supposed to be at. But there is a lot of complacency around the club. Like, even to the fact where I feel like a lot of Liverpool fans are just happy with the one title. Like, we've done it. No. <laughs> I want to see more titles. I want to be able to show my kids more titles. I want to be able to go to more parades. Like, I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to just rest on our laurels, innit? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, <laughs> I definitely agree with you on that. Um, in terms of, the, I feel like, it's just more like, kick up a fuss a bit more. If it's in public, cool. If it's not in public, I don't, like, you know, if it's in public, then obviously, there has to be a way about going about it and you can't just be reckless with it, you know what I'm saying? Like a real yeah, thing. Yeah. We have seen Pep, maybe same conferences that he needs a striker, he needs so-and-so, he needs this, so cool. But like, even not in pub, not in the public eye, I feel like, obviously, you maybe you would hear transfer ramblings or you would hear something, you know what I'm saying, where Klopp is like, no, I need this, I need that, I need this, you know what I'm saying, make it happen type of thing, or you risk maybe you risk losing me type of thing, you know what I'm saying? But with him, yeah. it just seems like, I want this, but if you can't get it for me, cool, I'll make deal, I'll make do with it. And it can't be that way. It can't be that way. It's to say the stop, it, it, it can't be that way. But yeah, um, I, I agree with in that sense. I definitely want... Um, I, I would like to see what Klopp can do with a, a rebuild, um, for sure. Um, and in the summer, I hope he's reckless enough and ruthless enough to kind of get rid of um, some of these players who are under decline um, and kind of create a new atmosphere, create a new kind of hunger within and desire within the squad. But yeah, fun enough. When, when earlier at our here, Marco, me and you, on the, what's, it, what's this, a Valentine's Day? A Valentine's Day special edition, yeah. Sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Liverpool. We're here with a, a win, a rare, a rare win these days. But yeah, I'm happy nonetheless. But yeah, that's been that's been Kev podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our Patreon, um, and obviously follow us on all of our socials: um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We even got TikTok these days. So yeah, um, yeah, keep up with us. And yeah, that's been us. And thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.